Hi, this is Tom Field with Information Security Media Group, and here to give you another true story of someone who has uh, who has battled identity theft. We're talking today with Chip, and Chip is going to give us sort of a cautionary tale of what happened to him some time ago. Chip, how are you? And thanks for joining me today. Hi, Tom. Pleasure being with you. Appreciate the interview, and uh, glad to share my story. Chip. Tell me exactly what happened. I know you had a specific incident that just would have scared the life out of anybody. What was it that happened to you? Absolutely. I had actually um, come back from work on a typical day and attended uh, gym. Um, I was just going for a normal workout routine. Um, and uh, not really uh, at the threat or on, on having it uh, conscious in my mind that I might be um, faced with uh, any kind of, of theft or identity theft at that time. I had simply placed my briefcase in the back of my car um, and not in my trunk. It was it was somewhere out in the open. Um, and uh, at that point, went into the gym, um, thinking that I'd done the right thing because I didn't want to bring my briefcase containing all of my personal documentation into the gym and put it into a, a locker with a lock that could be cut or trying to prevent um, necessary steps. However, I'd, uh, I thought the area that I was in would be a safe haven for, uh, for my personal property within my car. Um, at that point, I had um, done a typical workout, returned back to my car maybe an hour or so later, um, and found my window to be smashed. Um, at that point, I kind of put two and two together and uh, didn't expect to find my briefcase and all the contents in it in the back seat. Um, I, I quickly realized that that was the case, um, and what I'd, I had had in the contents of my briefcase, which was gone, um, were really all of my pertinent information. Um, I had my laptop, which was brand new. Um, I had just purchased it, and I had, uh, had you know, transferred all of my information, personal information, pictures, photographs, anything I had um, written from years ago into uh, also some of my uh, current business information. And given that it was tax season, um, I also had a lot of my, my receipts, um, and and uh, forms uh, that I had sent over to my accountant, in addition to um, both business and personal, for that matter, um, in addition to normal things like checks, um, passport information, um, some business credit cards that were in the briefcase, as well as uh, cell phone, PDA. So all of my networking information and personal contact information was in there, in addition to some of that of my family and friends. Um, so it was a pretty... Um, a big scare for me at that point because I realized, you know, oh my, all, all of that info is, is gone and in the hands of someone else. So pretty much your life got stolen out of the back of your car that day. Right, right. It's exactly how it felt. Yep. Chip, what did you do? Um, first thing I did was uh, kind of sit back and just evaluate, you know, what what were the probably the first things that the, the thieves would, would go to and, and, and use. Obviously the electronics are of value, so I figured, you know, maybe their intent was just to sell those items right away. Um, but given the fact that my credit card information, my personal information was in there, the, the first thing I did was, was call the police and let them know right away that I had a, um, you know, a break-in um, into my car and the bag was missing. Um, at that point, before the police actually arrived, I had called uh, my bank, my banks, the institutions, just given the 1-800 uh, numbers or the, you know, I, I guess I did that 411 and found out um, the numbers to contact to uh, place a report with them just saying, you know, if you could put a, an alert on my account and keep a heads up that uh, my information had been stolen and I would need to um, 
cancel those cards and if they could reissue me new ATM cards or credit cards, um, that I would greatly appreciate that. Um, that was the, 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 the first, those were the first two steps. And after that, uh, after that point, and literally just sitting in, in, in the parking lot waiting for the police to arrive, um, the next thing I did was explain the whole incident to the police officer, make a written report um, citing all that had been stolen and try to give a, a value to all of that information. So obviously that personal information is, you know, something that if you don't have backed up, it's in, you know, it's priceless. Um, things like obituaries or, or things that I had written at, um, for my grandparents' funeral, pictures that I had taken, things like that, um, you know, I'll never get back, and I knew that. But the, the value of the actual dollar amount of those electronic items uh, was something that I quickly came to the sum of probably around $4,000. $4, and um, I just made that in a statement and tried to include everything in that police report um, that, that I thought was, you know, in my briefcase. So I just did a brief scan uh, in terms of, you know, everything I had usually kept in my briefcase, and then also, given that it was taxis and all of those uh, important documents that I thought were in there as well. So, Chip, you lost everything. I assume none of this has ever been recovered. Um, actually, ironically, the, the, the next thing I did was I, I went to the, the police station and, and, and had a, a you know, formal uh, document written and, and spoke with a detective um, and, and reached out to IBM, um, given that it was a you know, new consumer brand, Lenovo laptop. I thought that would be the, the most valuable thing to do right away. Um, and a few weeks later, um, what had happened was a, a gentleman in the area who ran a business found the briefcase. Um, this is after it had rained a few days and <laughs> uh, a lot of that information was destroyed on paper, um, but found the briefcase with a lot of the documentation that was in it originally. However, all of, as I assumed, all of the electronics were gone. So... I was very fortunate to receive a lot of my notes um, pending a lot of my clients and, and current uh, initiatives um, that were there. But I, I did uh, lose, again, everything that was digitally archived. And, again, the cell phone was gone, so all of my important numbers, um, PDAs with everything from to-dos um, to important uh, you know, PDF documents that were saved on there in addition to any you know, pictures or anything like that that was on my laptop of personal value. So, Chip, you were pretty wise to, to the threat of identity theft at that point, right? Correct, correct. I haven't. I certainly hadn't done the full research that I have now in terms of the, you know, you know I guess it's $85 million a year and, and $6,000 per person that typically goes um, on identity theft. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, of course, all the settlement time that you have to deal with with, with the credit card companies and things like that. Um, but at that, at that point, I was... Savvy enough to know that I, I guess I knew I, I had to take necessary uh, precautions to protect myself, but I didn't really know where to go. Right? It's not something that you think about all the time. Um, so I didn't. I, I figured that there were institutions I had to contact, and that was the next research that I did in the following days to um, to reach out to uh, companies like um, you know TransUnion and um, Equifax um, and really the credit bureaus to make sure that they knew that. My info was taken, um, and immediately I put an alert with them, which is something like, um, I guess, $10 a month for TransUnion, where they um, were able to, you know, just basically remind me or send me an alert or a formal letter every time, a, you know, any bank account was open. For example, I started a new bank account um, with a brand new bank, and I, I made that my personal account, and then I started doing all of my um, additional payments for bills and things like that under that account for a, a, a given six months 
so that I wasn't using my existing accounts, even though I had already transferred over that information. Um, and then I looked into other resources. Uh, for example, um, LifeLock is a dot com that um, that I that I had heard about, um, where you can pay to uh, basically protect your identity in, in the in the event that they'll do all that type of work for you. Um, I think in in terms of TransUnion and and some of the necessary reporting. Um, in the event of a, of, a, of a, you know, in the event that you think you you might be um, uh, susceptible to identity theft, um, and they have a a, a need in, insurance policy in place. However, I actually did not follow through with doing that. I think I'd, I'd covered a lot of bases myself before that time, before I found out about LifeLock, um, to kind of put those necessary steps in place um, with the credit bureaus and and with my credit card companies in particular. Yeah, the good news is you had good instincts because it seems like you did all the right things at the right time just to uh, to sort of stop this before it could explode. Yeah, I, I tried. Um, you know, at, at this point, I still haven't. Um, it's it, it becomes a uh, a tedious process to really maintain your bills more than you would do normally. So, right, you know, I I look through my my credit statements whether they're online or um, you know if if it's something that I receive actually tangibly in the mail to see if there's even. One dollar transactions from account to account that might appear where I don't remember being in a state um, or a, a, a an online purchase that I might not have made um, where that is might be present. But at this time, I think I've I've managed to to review my material enough that uh, I would have caught um, suspecting uh, purchases. Um, but again, I even with the laptop, for example, I reached out to IBM and let them know. And with electronic pieces in, in particular, which are so crucial to everyday use and, and really just the personal information, um, I, I wanted to make sure that if, if that laptop was ever sold on the black market or eBay or anything like that, that they would uh, require um, or survey that, that Social Security number and that, that in particular product model number um, so that I would, I would have a report of that or at least hopefully they could, they could catch the criminal in the act. That's great, but how long has it been to this point? Uh, it was back in about a year ago. Okay. Um, just about a year ago. So it would have been, let's see, 11 months um, next month, uh, this month. So, yeah, almost a year ago next month. So it's been nearly a year, and knock on wood, there have been no um, no breaches of your identity. Right, hopefully. <laughs> so um, none that you're aware of anyway. Correct, correct. So, Chip, lessons learned from this. What, what sort of uh, changed uh, what you do and what advice do you give to, to family and friends now based on what you've gone through? Well, I, I guess another step that I took was I really realized that all of my, my family's info and my friend's information were, were in, you know, even the cell phone, those cell phone numbers of, of some important contacts that I have, whether it's business or personal. Um, I, I just let my, you know, friends and family know that my info had been stolen. I even posted on such things like social networks as Facebook and things like that and just said, you know, hey, I'm without pictures anymore, so if you have any pictures of me, let me know because um, that info was stolen. And, you know, and, and you know, people kind of got the idea that similar uh, information might be in there. So, of course, I reached out to um, clients and let them know. I reached out to family and friends let them know, um, especially any shared accounts that I might have had. Um, in, the, in the finance world, um, and uh, quickly acted to to move that info elsewhere or change those accounts. One a bit of advice is um, for people that you know do have a fear with with identity theft. I do think that services like like LifeLock are a good idea. 
um, and certainly an interesting concept and business model. Um, a lot of what's out there can be found. For example, I just received a, a letter from, um, I believe it was the postmaster um, of just the uh, postal service uh, saying, you know, identity theft is a big issue. Um, we're looking to do everything that we can about it. And that was something I greatly appreciated because I see that it's a conscious effort that they're taking to, to address um, all identity theft. Um, and a lot of which I think takes place online, be it through phishing or um, you know, people receiving emails that might not be truly from the source they're saying they are, that where they, they say, look, you know, your account on eBay or PayPal is not, um, is not working. We need you to log in, give us your information, and we'll send you a quick email back saying that you're up, updated. Well, I've just learned that a lot of that are, are the hoaxes that we all receive. So I've done necessary steps to use email providers that I think do a good job of, of blocking against phishing and scam of those emails and really just uh, mass mailings of, of, of potential predators. Um, the, the other necessary steps that, that I think I've, I've really learned from are, you know, I've, I've bought a external hard drive now um, that I use to back up all of my personal information. So everything that I've put on my laptop, I have in a, a scheduled um, time frame now to, you know, every week back up that information and save it with a new date and have copies of that old information saved to old dates as well as long as I have the space for it on my hard drive so that I can go back to that information if I ever need it um, so that if my, even if my laptop were to die, I would still have that information on a hard drive. Um, and then there, you still run into issues where you think about, you know, where if the hard drive breaks down uh, as well. Well, the next thing I've done is, is try to keep everything on, on DVDs just for uh, terms of space, um, and, I, and I, you know, keep that in a safe place, be it, you know, I know some people that go to the extent of putting it in a social security box or putting it on an external USB as well. But I think the, the more copies that you have of the information is better as long as they're protected and in places that you know are secure. And when you go to the gym now? Uh, when I go to the gym, I'm a little more cautious. I actually stop home first, even though it's uh, out of the way, to um, to make sure I don't have my laptop with me or um, or any of that info. And and again, from a from right exactly from parking in a um, in an area where you might be subject to someone breaking into your car, um, I certainly put that in the trunk now. I mean, it's just I just learned that um, thieves can can easily break in. It's only a matter of seconds for they're out of the parking lot. And and, and another thing I've I've noticed is some parking lots. Um, in particular, the one where I was didn't even have uh, surveillance, so there weren't uh, you know cameras or anything in place. So um, you know you wonder how many how many times uh, incidents like that occur in such areas. But I try to be cautious about where I'm parking, cl- park close to li- li- uh, lighted areas uh, when parking lots, and um, and really just take uh, you know I'm more weary of it because I had never faced that before. Well, Chip, it's a great story. I'm, I'm glad so far it's had a happy ending for you. I really appreciate you taking the time to tell us what happened, to, to share your lessons learned, and uh, and just to, to share your story. Absolutely, Tom. Thanks very much. been listening to Chip. He's been telling us a true story about, about sort of his brush with, with identity theft. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.